Well, 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 hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. I am one of your hosts, Captain Goodwill, and I am joined as ever by my delectable, delicious science officer, Sinoise. Hello, sir. <laughs> You've had your Ouija mix today. I've had, y- yes, I have. Yes. You've got a salute as well. I well, well, I was going to do this, but I thought... Yeah, I was going to say it needs to be the rumour salute. Yeah, there we go. And then just start like doing all that. And then smack my ass at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. How are you? I love how that just evolved <laughs> over time. <laughs> like how you can tell that the rumor salute started off small, and then by the time we actually first see him, you're like, no, now you've gone full sweat. <laughs> how are you, Simon? Yes, hello. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm. Uh, <laughs> no, this this week's going really well because I've been. I have nothing. I'm quite good. My Eurovision party on Saturday went really well. Hmm. On Sunday, oh, I need to tell you, but I have. <gasps> but I'll tell you on the actual thing. On Sunday, I was in Annex doing things for the Mr. Gay Great Britain, Great Britain 2023 competition and the MX uh, Drag Great Britain competition. Hmm. Um, and yeah, and then basically I've effectively had the first week in a long while being like, I have nothing on. Like, or the next gig is like middle of June, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's quite great. Um, and it meant that I, I was able to be like, oh, I can actually go to the gym. I can actually go to the gym. I can actually sit down and focus on this other thing. I can do this. And it's just been really nice. Obviously, I've managed to ruin it by being like, hey, let's record this. And hey. No, I, no what do you mean you know, record? We, we well, are live. Know, like, this whole thing. I've got, I've got all this free time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and then doing the um, Monsters podcast with uh, Sammy for Monsters Up North. Where, oh, yes. Yeah, the, where we did the Wolfman. Yes. And I'm just very... Yeah, I'm just very uh, happy with it, but it's it's really good. But the crazy thing is that when I was in Annick for uh, Mr. Gay Great Britain, the actual organizer of that and the former winner of Mr. Gay World, I think it is, or hmm. uh, England, uh, Stuart Hatton Jr., it turns out, after I was interviewing everyone, we were just chatting at the end of the day kind of thing, it turns out that not only him, but the entire production crew were massive Trekkies. Yeah, and they were just like, and we just start talking about Trek, and we start talking about DS9, and then I mentioned this, and then they were just like, you do a Star Trek podcast, oh my god, we have to come on this and stuff. And I was like, yeah, totally. Absolutely, that will, that, that's going to be epic. But it's just crazy. It's it is. And then obviously, we're talking about like the final of the competition, because this was like a press day where all the press come in, we do the interviews and stuff. Hmm. But like um, the actual final of the competitions in August, and he was saying that Sean Farrick's going to be there. Because, yeah, because obviously. And it's I was just intense. like, this is nuts. Like, you know, The world is so small. <laughs> it is so small. incredibly small. That's like, a, that's like a quote from Janeway in this very episode where she's talking it about is. when the universe felt so small. Yes. And it's very much like, yeah, that's just a crazy coincidence. But it... apparently Stuart's been on all of the, he's been on the, the Trek crews that they did and stuff. And he's been involved in the gaze in space thing. Gaze in space. Yeah, and it's just crazy small world. But yeah, it is. No. It, it really that, is. I, I'm doing well. <laughs> that that's fantastic. I I'm doing spiffingly. I'm. T- I think I'm still reeling from uh, our wonderful interview with Sean Ferrick uh, that happened that premiered last Friday. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. He's go watch it. Go watch, go it. watch it. Stop. Stop this. Pause stop this. Go, go watch that. Uh, absolutely love that dude to bits. But it, it's crazy to think that. How small 
the world really is, where what you do outside of this has suddenly been dragged in to this world. <laughs> dragged Sorry, dragged. Yeah. Oh God, I'm <laughs> I'm punning involuntarily. Um, get Martha, get the get the cloth. I'm punning. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's going to take a fucking mop there. But it's it's. I also have a similar experience because it's, I I was talking to um, oh good 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 lord who was I talking to? I believe it was. Uh, a, lo- a lovely little podcaster called Sawhill, who does a Starfleet okay. Boy podcast. Um, now he's all the way in the United States of them Americas, and through <laughs> them da. yeah, them da, them da colonies, <laughs> um, and by proxy, like another Twitter user was commenting, and then we got talking, and then he lives in Middlesbrough, <laughs> six miles away from me, and it's like of all the weirdest things that you know hello i'm talking to a man in california yeah or you're talking to a man in california or you're a smoggy and it's like what it's it blew my mind because he said to me he was like dude you literally live about five miles away from me and i was like i love i love that the northeast of england is some reason trekkie central I'm like, and yet we don't have any convention. It's almost like, like there was a great purge and all the Trekkies fled north into <laughs> hiding. Like, you know, it's, it's like, like Obi-Wan. Like after Order 66. Yeah, it's Obi-Wan <laughs> with comm badges and tricorders instead of lightsabers. But it was so weird because it was like, oh my God, it's, it's just like, yeah, he's like, I'm from Middlesbrough and you're from Redcar. And I'm just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. And it, it just, it shows how small the world is mm. in reality like six degrees of separation i'm i fully believe that is a thing we've only needed two <laughs> two yeah two degrees of separation <laughs> we just needed paul the intermediary that's it you know how hello, did you know hello, how did you eat <laughs> go on yeah that's it what have you eaten this week i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it feels really it actually feels kind of weird like it's like it feels like i haven't been on an actual nerdy up north podcast for ages but then it's just because of how busy everything's been. Because in reality, yes. I was on the Buffy one like a fortnight ago or something. You have been... Uh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it feels like forever ago. And I'm just like, oh, God. You have been... A, you are a very busy person. Um, we that That is the running theme for you. Like, how do you sleep? <laughs> um, I'm getting that way. You don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. getting that way because uh, this week... This, this obviously... Premieres at half past seven on a Friday when you guys are watching it. Uh, we're recording it on a on a Wednesday. I could um, just say though that the reason why it's premiering on a Friday is because I'm too busy. So it's this <laughs> idea of like uh, us being really stupid. And it was me. I remember it within the conversation. It was me being like, "No, no, we should definitely do it every week on a Friday. That's the best day to put it out. Yeah, that, yeah. That'll totally not have any problems <laughs> whatsoever." And then as soon as we've got into it, I'm like. Not free this Friday. Not free. Yeah. Not, not this one. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like going, okay, cool. But stop. the power of recording and excellent <laughs> production quality. The uh, but no, like for you guys. Hello, everyone who's who's watching this on the premiere. We we absolutely love you. Um, in real life, when you're watching this, I'm most likely on a drip in some sort of intensive care ward because this, I would have been up for about twenty four hours because I, on. The Spectrum Sanctorum channel, I am a guest on their series, The Agony Booth, mm. where I am going to be joining in on reviewing 
the season one episode Haven from the Next Generation with Loxana Loxana Troy. Is it the first Troy episode? Yes. Because I remember is this this might be real daft because I saw the thumbnail for it. You know, because the event appeared and I was yeah. all cool, interested, but I'm not going to be watching that live because it's two a.m. and I'll be in a forest. Thank you, Goodwill. <laughs> you know, I will literally be in a forest at this point, so I will not be watching it. But so, but I'm interested. Um, uh, he is the Slender Man. <laughs> but it's the picture of like um, the thumbnail and the guy in it. I don't remember this episode at all. It's where they organise a wedding for for Troy. Oh, and she wants to marry. Oh, and the, the two kids yeah. want to marry. Yeah, that's and the what, one. He's actually not in love with her. He's in love yeah. with someone else or something. Yeah, correct on the yeah. door. But isn't the sorry? Okay, I do remember it, but I just needed a prompt. But um, the uh, the 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 guy in it though is that the person who's in DS Nine where he's like meant to be, Jadzi is meant to be training him. Yes, I believe it is. Okay, so, cool. Because I looked at him, is like that looks really similar to that guy. Um, yeah, you know, and she's like trying to say hey you're not ready to be joined kind of thing or yeah 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 so i will um so yeah so i will be on spectrum sanctorum's uh video i will put a link in the description below so you can go and watch that uh straight after this video as i order you because i am the captain um and then also on sunday i am joining the podcast team to uh talk about futurama Nice. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but like I said, we'll, we'll do all the promos at the end of the video. We are here to discuss a certain episode that the dabble wheel of episodes doled out so long ago because it was two weeks ago. And then Sean was like, I'm available. And I was like, ha ha, my oh, pants. No one was waiting for this. I hope no one was yes. like, sitting on Dan Duke's face. Should we have a flashback for flashback? But uh, I, also, I also love... That we had an extra week to do it because of Sean coming on. Yeah. And we still watched it today. <laughs> we still waited till the last So it's fresh in our memory. It. It's fresh in our memory. <laughs> that's how you do that's how you run things in TV and and the internet. <laughs> Shh. That's some insider. <laughs> I'm ruining tips the there. magic. You're ruining the magic. The BBC will find me. Um, I, I, so... <laughs> I like that we're an hour into this and we haven't even got to the episode. Oh, no, no, it's only 11 minutes. It's fine. Um, Is it only 11? Okay, that's Yes, right. we talked for an hour beforehand because we were just like, hi. Oh, yeah, we talked about everything. Yes, we do. But uh, yeah, guys, so we are here to discuss Star Trek Voyagers Season 3, Episode 2, Episode... Episode 2, Episode... Episode 2... two. Series Flash... Two. Se- no, Series no, 3. What? Uh, oh, God, it's gone wrong. We are here. We are here to discuss Star Trek Voyager season three, episode two, flashback. This is Voyager's tribute to the thirtieth anniversary of Star Trek, all the way back in nineteen ninety six. But the episode opens with the mess hall and i just want to say how lucky we are with this like how lucky we've been with the dabble wheel of oh god yes when i like just watched it like a couple of hours ago and just being like this is amazing this is an amazing episode and all of the ones that the dabble wheel has given us so far praise the get the dabble gods praise Um, thee to lita (laughs) praise thee to the goddess lita (laughs) spin the wheel and win (laughs) Anyway, go on. <laughs> oh, don't imagine if it was Kai Wynn. You're like, what? No, Space Karen! <laughs> space. I love I love that uh, Sean called her Space Karen as well. Hello, but, my um... childhood. 
<laughs> anyway, go on. But yeah, anyway, but no, they, this is an absolutely phenomenal episode. Yes. And obviously, it, it, I think this first scene, you know, I, I'll let you do it. Sorry, actually, well, but... I mean, the the clue was in the opening of our very own episode where the lovely Adam, Adam uh, Asperidge, has recorded an absolute banger of a cover of Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> Um, everything for him is also in the description below as well, guys. Mm. Uh, this was uh, probably the highlight for me for Star Trek Voyager, um, and and sort of like turned because when I was young, I couldn't really get into Voyager for the first couple mm. of seasons, and then this came on, and I was like, oh, it's Sulu, and I was like, oh, yeah. cool, this this can actually be cool. So I was sort of. I got into it a lot more before everyone else did with Seven of Nine and the Borg and stuff. Mm. But watching this, yeah, really timely for us because it is another Picard callback because this is a Tuvok-centric episode. So, again, we've had Moriarty, we've had uh, Law. It's not not necessarily that it's Tuvok because obviously he's part of the main cast of Voyager. Yes, but it's the idea of yes, it is a Tuvok-centric episode. Yes, but it's also the Excelsior. Yes, you know which we we have in Picard season three, don't we? Yeah, it's over there. We have the 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 newer version that Nolan North, like Nathan Drake, dies on. Spoilers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we also have the Excelsior as well. The mm. shelf of mild bankruptcy. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So the. The show opens, we've got Mess Hall, Tuvok is trying one of Neelix's cocktails, which, what a brave... I don't even think it's a cocktail, I think it's literally just Neelix trying to make juice, but because, like, (laughs) Neelix is the chef equivalent of Beverly Crusher being a doctor, it's just the idea that they need some... All I'm saying is, she's a better, like, you know, uh, she's better at tactical than she is at medbay. Oh, damn, (laughs) she's better at killing. (laughs) <laughs> she's better at murder but um hey, this whole scene like it's i i mean i'm gonna be really mean okay but this episode is so brilliant because we only have the best actors on voyager involved yes. like and it's very much like a tim ross tour de force of him yeah. just being one of the best actors in all of drag yes and like he's so good like it's just really insane but then obviously what they do is they have neelix at the beginning mm-hmm. in that ds9 way of cool he won't be in the rest of the episode then great you know like, he's got his paycheck at the beginning and then yeah like, okay, cool. well he's he's shown up now we don't need him ethan phillips got his seven thousand five hundred dollars and now he's on his way home yeah it's that thing it's like but it, it's the idea of this is one of the best things about voyager is this awful relationship mm. that Neelix and Duboc have. Mr. Vulcan. Where it's not even slightly amiable and it's equivalent yeah. of like Odo and Quark in like I don't know, I think it's even oh, less Yeah, it's even less than, that. than Odo and Quark. Odo, Odo, Odo and Quark the love was there. Yeah, there is a there is a relationship there. But this is just literally... This is one-sided. Yeah, like, Tuvok is the equivalent of leaving someone on red when it comes to the (laughs) the conversation. Like, Neelix is like, hello, Mr. Vulcan, and Tuvok's like, blue tick. And that's it. it. Yeah, so it's even less than Odo and Quark. To be honest, it's really odd. It's really odd that, like, you know, were they... Do you reckon with Neelix they were trying for another Quark? Like... You know, because the fact is, like, even his outfit, like, one of the notes I've got here is how 
hideous. It literally looks like they Curtains. made Neelix's outfit where he's got this. They, it looks like all of Neelix's outfits are made out of like, I don't know, like curtains, our curtains from B&M bargains or something. And he's just going like, what is these like... are? These are mid 90s Kate catalog curtains. <laughs> yeah, that is what they were made from. Is He's wearing black at no, of course. <laughs> I, don't know. I genuinely, yeah, I thought it was you dropping truth bombs or like behind the scenes stuff. But I'm willing <laughs> to believe this because of how hideous they are. But I, lo- I love the idea that all of the other cast they have like the same uniforms on and stuff. Yeah. And then the poor costume designers just like just give me another quote. Yeah. Give me another quirk where I can just design them random suits in horrible fabrics, and that'll be like you know my my hobby every week. We we yeah, it was sort of we have this Neelix. What could we put him in? Oh, let's make him the morale officer and cook. Okay, cool. What are we gonna do with it? Nothing. Okay, <laughs> but that... yeah, it's like the idea of like that they go. Okay, cool. It made sense to start with yeah. in season one, where they were trying to get on their feet. They didn't have the energy. They couldn't use the replicators and stuff. They're like, cool. We'll have a hydroponics bay, and then yep. we'll have Neelix being a chef. And then in season three, you're like, why is he still doing this? Like, yeah, I, I why is he making bad food? Of, I, I know it's because they, you know, is it later they give him a shot at being morale officer, and then everyone just kills themselves? I, I don't know if that was an episode, but I'm wow. pretty sure it happened. <laughs> You know, but it's just this idea. Everyone has thrown themselves into deep space. Uh, well, I mean, would you consider him to be the little chef of Starfleet? Overpriced and bad. No, no, let's not slag little chef off. Little chef is just... May it rest in peace. Fair, I probably, yeah. I remember <laughs> there's a little chef near where I lived uh, when I was a kid growing up. And it was a treat. It was like, oh, it's a big treat. Mum and yeah. dad would take us there. And we didn't realize it was next to a full pylon. It was next to a full electrical pylon. And when you're in the car park, you could just hear the buzz. So how has the ringing <laughs> in like... your ears uh, progressed over time? Are you are <laughs> no, it's a, this idea of having these these pancakes are nice and possibly radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, you know, so and, and still better than Neelix food. Yeah, um, so he's trying to make uh, two vox breakfast with the eggs. Uh, the the hot plate. I'm just going to call it a hot plate. Yeah. Catch we we have the line, I would prefer not to hear the life history of my breakfast. Yes. From Tuvok, which is a fucking zinger. I absolutely love that. But then they get, they both get called to the bridge. Um, this is Stardate 50126.4, which is mm. still canonical from Encounter at Farpoint. So we are doing well because this would have been season 10. So it's 5-0, so it's absolutely yeah. fine. Uh, Voyagers detected a gaseous anomaly containing ceruleum, a highly combustible energy source, and they are investigating, which is good. Mm. So Janeway basically wants to use this because this is a good uh, catalyst for warp plasma, uh, for, for ignite, for creating warp plasma, basically. Well, according to Balana and Tuvok, it's useful for everything. It is. It's, it's... And Neelix like, I can cook my bloody oven with this. And it's like, yes. Cool. It's the WD forty. Yeah, it's fine. It's the WD forty of gaseous anomalies. Uh, <laughs> so Janeway basically says, "Look, Neelix, we need to use your hydroponic store your pantry uh, to to store all this." But then in the background, we see this two. Is like va- where you where you try and shove someone out, where you try and sort of just be like, "Oh, what a shame!" Well, we don't like oh it's your like avocados in, in office space or whatever, where they get the guy and they just slowly move him into the basement. And they just slowly take all of his stuff away. And it's because he's been fired. 
he hasn't taken any notice. He keeps turning up. And I'm like, let's just move you into a corner oh. and forget about you. And I'm just oh, like, I've this is what there. Janeway is doing to Neelix. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna need that space. Oh no, you'll have to you'll have to close your shitty little kitchen down. Oh, oh, constructive so... dismissal in space. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm so nasty to Neelix. You really <laughs> are. Just... Wow. I think you're jealous. But no, seriously. I think, I think it's the idea of, like, I, Ethan Phillips is really, really good. I Neelix met him. He's wonderful. Really annoys me, you know. Yeah. And Ethan does the best job anyone could possibly do with the character. But it just, like we were saying to Sean, I don't get how Neelix survived the cut and Kess didn't. You know, like. But she had a shelf like... life. Let's be honest. Kess had a well, shelf yeah. life. She had a she had a shelf life of four years, but then obviously when they meet the psychic ones, they're just like, oh, we can actually extend that. And you're like, okay, well that's a bl- like Doctor Who's only got twelve regenerations. Oh, let's let's year. not go into the continuity of Doctor Who, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, for um, Days without continuity error, back yes. to zero. <laughs> but yeah, so Daleks again. But yeah, so Tuvok in the background starts to feel strange. Uh, his hand starts to shake and he starts to feel dizzy and disorientated. So he gets relieved and he goes The edibles have kicked it. The edibles have kicked it. Those <laughs> eggs. Just like, that's how he gets through Neelix. That was not I dillweed. Genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely, you know, it goes into what, why it actually happens. And I'm like, I'm wondering if this is just because he's had to like keep calm around Neelix for so long. The shrooms like, have kicked it. For, for like three years or something now. And he's just like... <laughs> he's starting to snap. That's what it was. So, yeah. Uh, so he goes to sick bay, uh, ends yeah. up collapsing. Wait, I love this sequence, though, where he's stumbling around the ship. Oh, he yeah. starts shaking, he gets in turbo lift, and he's like, and he, he starts having the hallucination of a little, yeah. of him as a child trying to save a little girl from falling off a Falling off a cliff, off a yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't know where it's from. But it's this whole scene of him stumbling around the ship and having these horrible, like, flashbacks... I just want to get this whole scene and then cut it with footage from Eurovision on Saturday. <laughs> so it's literally just him stumbling around going, and he just cuts to sort of like, to like the finish entry. And then it's like this. I can then... totally do that. No, no. That's, you give that's me the footage, I will do that. <laughs> you could put anything into this scene and just have too much freaking out about it. Like these horrendous memories that he's been through. Making naught for real. <laughs> So yeah, we yeah, see we see the oh, girl sorry. like he's he's trying to hold on to a girl who's on a precipice and he let he, like he can't hold on anymore and this girl falls and as mm. she falls he collapses on the deck of sickbay. And then in the next scene we see that he's saying that he was holding on to a young girl and trying to prevent her from falling but he couldn't help at all. Um mm. but he has no memory of this. He has no recollection of this actually happening yeah. because the doctor says this is an emotional response to a repressed memory but he's like this this never happened to me i don't recall yeah. it so the doctor tells tuvok uh, to return to duty but we'll monitor your 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 neural um activity yeah with a device and, and obviously, like I was saying about the actors, the Doctor. Like, the oh, Doctor is so... Yeah. He Robert is a force. It's just the... This whole... His lines here are so good. Like, where he's talking about Tuvok being like, oh, in human terms, what you've, uh, you know, what you suffered is like an extreme panic attack. He's yeah. Like, but I'm not human. He's like, no kidding. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's the way he delivers the The bedside manner is flawless. That's it's what it so is. so good. It's just, but, but it's this idea of, like, how good he is, and it's... 
everything like this is a this is an excellent Janeway episode. It's an mm -hmm. excellent Kess episode. It's yeah. an excellent Tuvok episode. Harry Kim is in it. Um, Neelix is in it. No, no, Harry Kim's great name. <laughs> Ensign Kim is in it. Uh, sorry, sorry, Ensign. Yeah, sorry, Ensign. No, your role. No, no. Um, Isn't he a captain now? Shut up. Uh, That's not Lieutenant canon. Lieutenant JG. Uh, so so yeah, Tuvok goes back to his quarters and he's trying to build the Cathero. Cath he gets pissed off. He goes home. Plays builds Lego. Lego. He builds Normal. Lego. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get me Lego out. I've had a crap day at work. I'll get me Lego out. But, oh, it's not working. But, well, Kes comes in and she wants to know how he is and what he's doing. So he explains mm. that this is Cathero. Cathero. Cathero, Cathero, Cath Granville, yeah, tries to because he's trying to build it using logic. He's it's it's logic meditation mm. that you know by this meditation he can make a structure uh, from his mind with his hands. It's yeah. not working. Kess comes in. He sort of gives her the cold shoulder because you can tell she's she's worried about him, and he's like, "I'm fine. Just piss off." And it's yeah. like, okay. Well, I like it though that like it, it Kess is really good because it basically has her being like it's okay I understand because she is she's this wonderful heart character yes in it and yet she doesn't really you know they don't I I'm still she's underused yes yeah, very yeah. underused um <clears throat> I I think the descent the descent you could have taken Kess on is so good like you could have just had her starting off starting off from this point of being a good character and a caring character and then if you'd actually run the full gamut to her being a villain by season seven or something would have just been perfect but she i mean the, the actress who played her also had yeah behind the tits out. she was on drugs yeah who hasn't been yeah oh right. i'll get my tits out all the time preach i'll get them out now oh mine are out you now you just can't see you? under the uniform the <laughs> <laughs> that's how clothing works shh <laughs> but then we get the next scene uh, the next day where it's uh, Chakotay you know there's a story of my people okay <laughs> uh, and it's aren't you Southern American yeah so it's uh... <laughs> you're Canadian but it's yeah, there's, it's... there's uh, yeah so it's Chakotay and Tuvok Chakotay's asking how he is uh, says he's meditated for 14 hours again very cold with Tuvok um, walking on the way to engineering, the uh, meet Harry Kim in, in engineering, who Ensign says Kim. Ensign, Ensign Kim, sorry, yeah. basic Kim, who basically says that the, the they, there's nothing coming from the nebula that could affect Tuvok or Voyager or anything. It's a standard mm. Class Seventeen nebula, nothing unsurprising about it. So we don't understand what's going on. Tuvok then says, "Oh well, best we do uh, a sweep for cloaked Klingon ships." And then Balana's like, yeah. oh, well, they're on the other side of the galaxy. And then Tuvok starts tripping balls again because he's had Neelix's yeah. eggs. So he starts tripping balls <laughs> again, collapses yeah. on the deck of engineering, back to sick beer. Uh, and then the doctor thinks that they are dealing with a repressed memory because in Vulcans, a repressed memory can actually cause brain damage because of the amount of emotional suppression that Vulcans go through, that this can have an mm. effect on their physiology. So what they need... We which is crazy because this is what we have like the wonderful thing throughout Voyager is that we get to learn so much about Vulcans yes in terms of just going how detrimental the Vulcan 
conditioning is mm. like you know the whole thing of going hey suppress all of your emotions and it'll make you a better person and then yeah. all it seems to do is ruin them where you have stuff like the Ponfar being insane you have stuff like what i forgot the episode but it's the one where tuvok literally loses his mind uh oh again. endgame is it endgame where he loses his mind well he's got the syndrome because he's been too far yeah he's been he's been he was separated too long from his family uh, because they couldn't, because the, the the neurological disorder he had meant that he couldn't meant that he couldn't mind meld with a relation or someone of his family yeah. to eliminate it. So it set them set him down the path of senality. Like he was senile by the end. Yeah, of it. The, that's not what I, that's not not the one I meant. But I oh, do okay. mean you know like because we get a lot of stuff about Vulcans and the fact of this conditioning that they believe helps them doesn't you know yeah. like it, it actually does cause a lot of problems for them but i suppose and but i suppose great. with them though with the vulcans as we learned from star trek enterprise there was a cultural shift around about the time of enterprise because mind melding was never a thing at the time of enterprise it was shunned it was not heard of that's a great is that episode is that series one where they have that great episode about yeah that, where to paul is violated by the mind meld but then it's it's so shunned and frowned upon but then in season four they realize that it can be used for beneficial purposes that it could yeah. you know it could retrieve a, a chakra uh so you know like as we saw in uh search for spock you know we've got is it no sorry not chakra it's katra oh yeah katra, yeah, so, yeah. yeah so you know you've got spock i was katra. just nodding i was just like yeah, yeah. chakra yeah. but we see we see it in season, we see it in season four of enterprise where the use of mind melds is suddenly it's it, they're understanding the positive aspects of having this mind meld and the neurological benefits they could reap for it. So if you think mm. about it, it's only been a couple of hundred years, and with Vulcan's lifespans, obviously they they're still learning about the the benefits yeah. of this neurological therapy, as it was, of the mind meld. Yeah. So we do get a, and it's I find it, you know, subtracting Enterprise from it. You learn a lot about Vulcan culture and physiology from just one Vulcan halfway across the galaxy away from other Vulcans, which I yeah. think is absolutely, you know, you learn more about the Ponfar, you learn more about <clears throat> the, what we learn in this episode and well, obviously with, throughout. With this being a Tuvok episode, it's the idea of we've just got to give credit to the people who define their races in Trek. And with like with Vulcans, you literally have, you you know you have uh, what is it? You have Spock, you have Tuvok, and you have Topol. Yeah, they they are basically you know what defines Vulcans the same way that Armin Chimmerman makes Ferengi. Like he, oh yeah, he's the, the know, definitive like, and, Ferengi. And makes uh, yeah Cardassians. You know, it's like the idea of this this wonderful thing. Kai Wynn makes a definitive. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah. she represent Bajorans? She represents <laughs> Betch. Batch. Yeah. She's such a batch. You know, <laughs> some of the scenes with Kai Wynn where like she she walks away with a sass and is like, um, someone's a bitch and it's not Cisco and it's not Odo. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I do love though what what's the episode where Kira literally just It's it's uh, it's one of I think it's season seven, it's right at the end, and it literally has like where where Kai Wynn realizes that she's like been dealing with the par raves yeah. and spoilers. Um, 
and well, I haven't watched it yet. It was twenty fucking years ago. Correct? Twenty-five years uh, old. Gosh, it's been on. on Netflix for about seven now. But um, I think it's past the two-week rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slight, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, that that idea of just um, like where Kira just kind of goes like there's loads of opportunities where Kira just kind of goes like, yeah, you're a monster. Like, yeah, you, you do not get what you're meant to be doing yeah and then obviously where she's like oh you finally know how to help you can give up being kai and kai was like no no hang on that's not what i meant you know yeah exactly and you know going going back to voyager tuvok if you ask for a definitive portrayal of a vulcan most trekkies will say tuvok yeah because yes you've got you know you get great exposition with spock all the way through and we are still getting it with strange new worlds which is fine but, we get it with Spock, but not for long. Yeah. We only have like less than 40 episodes of the original series, and then the movies, pretty much, and the animated series that exists. Uh, and, and the Kelvin-verse and Strange no, Worlds. No, and, no. Yeah, no. But uh, it, it's... It, but, <laughs> yeah, so... Going... Oh, a tangent. Going back to the scene. So they basically oh, yeah. say that the mind literally lobotomizes itself if they are not able to bring this subconscious memory to the consciousness so yeah. that it, so that the emotions can be dealt with and that the whole traumatic, um, traumatic memory can be addressed. It mm. only has to be done with someone who is family. However, Tuvox in the Delta Quadrant, mm. his missus is probably sat watching Loose Women in Vulcan, <laughs> 70,000 light years away. I haven't seen my husband for three years. Colleen now. Nolan he is still going calm. on. Yeah, Colleen Nolan's still like there. A, um, what is it? A hairnet on. He's got a hair in curlers. Bloody Denise is still there. <laughs> Tim Ailey, what an absolute... All right, Denise. But it's... <laughs> yeah, so Janeway... Uh, is asked to uh, perform a mind meld to help bring this subconscious memory uh, to bear. Now, Which... I, lo- I love this, though. She gets picked as, because she is the closest to Tuvok, yeah, yeah. so it does make sense. But this continues the Star Trek like tradition of, let's put very important people in unnecessary danger. Have you done like, a will, you know Catherine? They just go like, well, you know, they say, okay, she's the captain of the ship. Let's put her into a dangerous mind yeah. well. That'll be fine. It's the same way as in, like, in other things where they're just like, oh, yeah, it's just like sort of, um, you know, it's just like our oh, Chief O'Brien. Let's just get him to pilot the ship, pilot the shuttle pod on a really dangerous mission. Anyone could do it, but no, he, he it needs to be him. You know, and you're like, what? You know, the it's greatest like, oh, Starfleet oh, officer who ever let's lived. Let's just send Riker off to a random planet somewhere. Well, oh, Riker's been kidnapped. There's oh, two no. of Riker. It's fine. There's two of there's them. There's a backup Riker. There is a backup. Yes, there is a. Oh, God. Poor, <laughs> poor women of the Alpha Quadrant. There was a backup Riker. The um, <laughs> I've had both. Yeah, well, okay. So um, <laughs> they do the mind meld, uh, trying to find this uh, memory of when Tuvok was a boy. But, oh, my. They end up on the Excelsior and we see Sulu. <laughs> it's so good when you it's hear the first so... line. And, just like, and he emerges out with the smoke as well, just for the edi- like the added I, fantabulousness of it all. I, I'm so annoyed, though, that that shot doesn't linger. Like, the, can you imagine, you know, that shot, because it does the whole thing where the, the fog goes, he's standing like that. Uh, and then it like fades to black for like American adverts or whatever. It should have lingered for longer, and then had him be like, "Oh my!" 
It would have been so good. Uh, that must have happened on set. It must have been. Oh, like... God. Can you... He should have done it. He should have done it in the next scene with a T. Where he's like, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> and that's where it came a... from. <laughs> what is it? Good tea, nice house. Uh, good tea nice, nice house. house beheadings are on a wednesday so yeah we see sulu on the excelsior bridge clearly this is not the memory uh that they wanted um turtlenecks a lot of that t- shows you where was the past monster maroons the monster maroons were out in force for this episode <laughs> god damn it the yeah so clearly this is not the uh memory that they wanted we see Commander Rand from the original series. Um, see, I was get, I was gonna, because I was like, I don't remember who she is, and I and I was like, but I know I should, and so, I was like, I'll wait till we're actually on the podcast, and then Goodwill will tell me who it is. So this is uh, a a bit of backstory. So this is Yeoman Rand from the original series, series one of Star Trek. Now, she was going to be portrayed as the love interest of Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Mm. Uh, Yorman is basically um, not an ensign. It's sort of like... A, it, it's all styly uh, version of cadet in okay, training. Right, yeah. so, like Wesley Crusher was a cadet in training. He had a field mm. commission as a cadet. A Yorman is basically someone who is on board... Uh, who is essentially the tea maker for everyone. Right, they, gain okay. en- they gain enough credit for them to go into Starfleet Academy and go into training. Oh, God, I just remember, I just realised who it is. Yeah, the, yeah. the first episode when they get captured by the big heads. Yeah. Uh, the, so the, no, no, the, no. The, it... that's, that's the cage. That's the cage you're thinking of. Oh, yes. No, so, this, yeah. this, she, she, Yeoman Rand turned up with Kirk. She was only in a few episodes because, sadly... There was she's the one with the, the the psychic kid though, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, she's yes, the one she is. that he's curving yes. on and yes. like he teleports her away and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, cool. So I just didn't know her name. <laughs> so so Rand was in a few episodes and then she sort of just disappeared and it was because unfortunately there was really sad but again this is how seedy certain things were in the sixties. Mm-hmm. There was an element of harassment shall we say to keep it pc to keep it tos uh tos there's uh there was an element of harassment behind the scenes and the actress um left the show Mm. she was invited back uh for the movies she came back in uh the motion picture because gene wanted her back this was sort of a because she she had a great she there was a grand plan for Yeoman Rand, and they couldn't fulfil it. So to bring her back, they they sort of honoured that character. So she came back, and then she was in a few of the movies. So she she was in Star Trek Three, she was in uh, Star Trek Four, and then obviously she was on the Excelsior, and then in this episode, they gave her a full rank as Commander Rand. So it was a great redemption for this character to, Mm. to be in this episode. 
So a bit of exposition from Tuvok, where he's like... Until this... later, and then they just steal their clothes. But, you know... Well, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> they do like, hey, welcome back, now knock you out. <laughs> but we do we do get a bit of exposition, because they're in the midst of a battle. Uh, there is a dead body on the floor. Tuvok's going, this is 80 years ago, on the Excelsior. We are in the midst of a battle uh, with the Klingons. Mm. Uh, in order to find out what's going on, we need to go further back. They end up going back three days prior, and then we see that they're in crew quarters. Commander Rand comes in for the gamma shift, uh, yeah. and then we see Tuvok making tea <laughs> for the captain. Captain <laughs> Starbucks over here making the, yeah. the the Vulcan blend of tea, and he's like, "Oh," and Rand's going, "Oh well, you know, you're gonna make." You know, you're going to outrank me soon, son, if you're going yeah. to keep arse-licking the captain. He's like, I'm not doing it for that. I'm definitely not doing it for that. I love how it... And it's genuine as well. It's it really genuinely is. Tuvok just being like, I, just I want to be like nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, want, I, I, you know, I saw that he drinks tea. I want him to to enjoy this version of tea. Yeah. And it's like, I, although I love Janeway just being oh, like, yes. you never gave, you never brought me tea. Oh, the side <laughs> eye that she <laughs> gave him. Coffee. You drink yeah. coffee. But the side eye, she's like, <laughs> you never brought me tea. And then walks it's away. It's so good. Like, it's loads of little bits of Janeway being like that throughout this episode are just the whole... You watch it and you're like, thank fuck. Uh, was it Genevieve? Um, ah. Like, left and didn't want to do the role? Like, the actress yes, who was meant to be she, Janeway? Uh, she was, it, was it Genevieve? It was... Um, oh, yeah, it's just my, that idea yeah. of just... I forgot the name, but it was the idea of, like... Yeah... Would Voyager be anywhere near as good as it is without, like, um, uh, original Janeway actress was, um, oh good God, Genevieve Bujol, Bujol B U J O L D. That's a high score in Scrabble. Let's, yeah, let's leave it, it, at it that. really is. So, but yeah, she was the uh, another fun fact for you, non-tricky. <laughs> she, yeah, we had an original Janeway who was. Uh, she was quite. She was an award-winning actress as yeah, well. At the she time. was an amazing actress, but yeah. that doesn't mean she's necessarily brilliant in the role. She she bagged the role of Janeway, uh, but lasted three days on set. Mm. Uh, they'd done all the costume fittings and everything like that. Uh, recorded loads of scenes. She lasted three days. She broke down in the trailer. Uh, she realised that this was not for her. And it's it's more the case, guys, of television in the 90s. That was your life. Uh, working mm -hmm. in Hollywood at those times, that was your... You had nothing outside of that production. So for yeah. actors... As as people who watch this who are actors will know, there is a lot of sitting about. Yeah. Where other that's acting. That acting that is, is acting. Sitting is sitting around. It so is, a lot oh, of we need to reset the cameras. We need to set yeah. up a bloody. What so what that little train thing so they can get a. Yeah. Oh there. yeah. So production days. Oh. Production days before regulation came in would be between fourteen to twenty-one hours a day, and Genevieve heard. Obviously, being in movies where this is different and everything is tightly, like, everything is a little bit better. But she quickly realised after a few days, I cannot do this for 26 episodes for seven years. Because Paramount yeah. at the time, 
the contracts were seven years. Next Generation, yes, they didn't think it would go past the first season, but the goal was seven years. DS9, mm. seven years. Voyager, seven years. Yeah. So their contracts were basically, you signed a contract before you auditioned to say, yeah. if you get the role, you were doing this for seven years, 26 episodes, salary negotiable afterwards, blah, blah, blah. And we've seen how difficult it is to get out of that contract with uh, what happened with uh, Terry... Terry Farrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we... So she pulled out Kate Mulgrew, uh, who was arguably the original choice, was brought really? in. Yeah. It depends who you speak to. Some wanted Kate, McGrill, Kate Mulgrew, some wanted Genevieve. Yeah. There was... It's arguable. It's It's debatable. So Kate Mulgrew came in, and obviously they had to reshoot certain scenes. But the, as you see on screen, she is. If you look at the Genevieve Janeway and Mulgrew's Janeway, Janeway for Mulgrew is a better fit. With yeah, like Genevieve else. tends to be colder. Like in the scenes, she tends to be. And it's a thing of when she. It's like I think there's a scene between her and Tuvok or something. Yeah. And I remember just being like, this is literally like two bit two walls talking to each other. It's very um, cold and very, yeah. very Vulcan. And and Janeway, like, uh, what is it? Uh, you know, the Janeway we got, she is cold, but not. There's this, there's so much She warms all the time, though, whereas I think Genevieve was... It's the fact that she's strict. She's like, she, uh, like, Janeway is literally the, the strict headmistress but who does have a heart of gold under it, but she's yeah. got a job to do. And that's exactly what the character is meant to be. Like, and that's how Kate Mulgrew plays her. And it's so, sorry. It's I'm, no, I'm no, no, tangent, <laughs> tangents are what we are known for and tangents are what we are going to provide. So yeah, so it's a little bit of a Trek fact for you there. If you didn't really know there was an sorry, original. I, I do know everything. Don't be sorry. sorry guys. <laughs> don't be sorry. But yeah, so they go back to three days. Uh, Tuvok is, um, Tuvok's on the bridge. And we see the Excelsior Cup, which everyone who was a hardcore fan wanted this teacup. Um, yeah. And he goes, oh, that's an excellent blend. I'll have to promote you. And he's like, I didn't do this for promotion. He's like, you have to take a joke. And he's like, well, yeah. But then, you know, he makes a little reference to Spock. And he's like, you know, I, I know Vulcans can have, you know, can tolerate a sense of humor. Yeah. So... We go back to uh, the science station where Tuvok is, and Jamer goes, "Well, I didn't know you were on the Excelsior." And he's like, "Yeah, I thought I thought your first post was the Wyoming." And he's like, "Needless to say, I had two careers." And it's like, "Oh, yeah. okay." And he's like, and "It's weird that that doesn't show up because I'm wondering if I'm it does wondering if it, No, no, but I'm wondering if it's like his career here doesn't show up because he left and because the whole thing different serial numbers. Is it? Yeah. So obviously, I mean, that's that's been the f the fan explanation that obviously, if you resign, I, your commission... I assumed it was just because because he was there serving during this thing where something happened, that it would be officially didn't happen. Yeah, they were like, oh, and he left during that. Therefore, in order to have him leaving during that period, let's just get rid of his whole record. I, or you know, the the explanation would be that because he left for fifty years. Obviously, things change in half a century. So yeah. he would have had a new serial number, new career, and he would mm -hmm. have had to, let's be honest, they would have had to relearn everything. Because if you look between 2291 
when this happens mm. and 2341 a fuckload happened Jean-Luc is born yeah. and then becomes a captain in that period so it's like yeah a lot would have happened <laughs> That is a lot of context. That's actually <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. You had two two enterprises in that fifty years, so a lot would have, you know, you could sort of appreciate. Yeah, shit would have happened. So you would have had to. I mean, I go away for two weeks and I need to know how to do my job again. So fifty years, <laughs> I wouldn't know my login, would you? Yeah, no, it's a good point. Oh, uh, Tuvok one. Oh shit, what's my password? Except no, mm. so yeah, I, I could sort of get that, but so we get uh, Tuvok explaining that you know this is before um, Praxis exploded and the Klingon moon. A lot of undiscovered country references because mm. spoilers, guys. This is the undiscovered country subplot. Um, yeah. We then get a lot of intercut scenes between the undiscovered countries opening um, and re-recorded scenes, which are yeah. slightly different. There's a shockwave. It absolutely pelts the Excelsior. The beautiful China teacup gets destroyed, mm-hmm. which everyone cried about. And the floor gets stained, which I cried about because I needed to yeah. mop it. The, the carpets. The, the, the decking, man. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Everyone's flying about. I'm sat with a mop. The um, So, yeah, they, the Excelsior gets hit by a shockwave. They go, what the hell happened? Turn the ship into the wave. They come out. And they go, the shockwave emanated from Praxis, which is a Klingon moon, a major source of resources for the Klingon Empire. Mm. Um, Instead of seeing the rest of the opening, we get more exposition from Tuvok, where it's like, yeah, we got hit by the shockwave because the Klingon moon exploded. It literally broke in half due to overmining. So we, we offered assistance to the Klingons, and the Klingons were like, nah, yeah. Fuck off. Internal matter. Um, yeah. So they just resume, you know, they went on their merry way. Except Sulu uh, throughout uh, wants to, because it, it, it goes, it accelerates forward in this scene, doesn't it? Because it then goes to the part where the Chancellor of the High Council has been assassinated by presumably Kirk and McCoy, they are arrested mm. for the murder and then Sula wants to mount a rescue and Tuvok straps on a pair of cojones <laughs> at 29 years old and goes, ow, Sulu lad. Yeah. I, I think it's great though because like Tuvok is kind of in the right here in yes. regards to, but it's the fact of Tuvok is the Starfleet from the future. And that's obviously exactly what Janeway points out later, mm-hmm. where it's the fact of like, where it is more about rules and regulations yep. and just being like, we shouldn't put an entire crew's worth of people in danger just for the sake of it. Yeah. And he is right in the capacity of they save themselves anyway. Spoilers yep. if you haven't seen the film. Spoiler. Like, you know, but it's this idea of like, it's the, yeah, it's, I, I, I do like it. And I do like, you know, I like that, um, I, I, I like that Rand sort of like goes, oh, I'm so sorry about this, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, I'm so ashamed and whatnot. And Sulu goes, eh, no, it's fine. Like, you are totally right, but you're also totally wrong. You know, it's that, and it's that whole thing of going, this is when the the rules don't meet the reality. Yeah, and it's sort of Sulu educating him that take your nose out of the book because this is what actually happens in real life you know like with any job you get what you get on paper and then it's like okay 
this is how you actually do it. And Sulu was sort of doing that to Tuvok. He's like, I know you're young. I know this is your first tour of duty. Mm. This is what we do out here in space. When yeah. people are in jeopardy, we will put our lives on the line for our family, our crew. And it's sort of like, but then you have to answer, does anyone else in the Excelsior feel the same way? Like, but this is this is the thing. It's like it's that whole we get it a lot. Like we get a lot in stuff where whenever people talk about military, they always, you know, there's always a lot of criticism of yeah. whether you don't get your own freedom, you don't get your actual choice, and it's the idea of when you go onto a starship, you have to just follow the orders of the captain. Yeah, and if your captain is horrendously wrong, like we see in the TNG episode, with. Uh, one of my favorite actors, but it's the one where they find the Pegasus. Oh, yes, Admiral. Yes, Admiral. Yeah. Uh, the idea another of, bad uh, Another evil Admiral. Yeah, yeah. Admiral. Um, but it's this idea of just going, yeah, you are meant to follow your captain blindly yep. and just be like, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. We're going to risk all of our lives for Captain Kirk and McCoy. Right. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, we're going to fly into the Kalinka. Yeah. And, and it's that kind of crazy thing. And obviously, Tuvok being like, I think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know. you, they always encourage you at work to like to ask questions, raise stuff. And he's like, this is what he's done. This is an impromptu work meeting. This is a one-to-one, not offline, yeah. but it is a, it is a one-to-one. <laughs> it's, it, they've had a round robin. And Sulu's yeah. like, y- you're right, but you're also wrong. STFU, I'm going anywhere. <laughs> and then the, ho- the hightail it to the Azure Nebula. I love saying that, Azure Nebula. Yeah. Um Fun fact, also in Star Trek Online, riddle with Tholians. But the they get there and then they see that the nebula is exactly the same as the nebula that Voyager is currently sat in front of. So yeah. then Tuvok starts getting these flashbacks again to the girl on the precipice trying to yeah. hold her and then he has a seizure in sickbay. So I then- just can't believe that this... They, they need to re-edit this, but have it as like a Madeline McCann reference or something. <gasps> where it's just like, and just the flashback is literally him in on holiday in Portugal. That's what they should do. <laughs> Your face. Um... <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that's how it happened. And Tuvok was there. <laughs> So anyway, we get back to sick bear. Yeah, moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh God, we get back to sick bear. Hello, um, chat. Hello, uh, uh, hi, Americans. Don't Google okay. Madeline McCann. They the... know. They know. They they love all of the crazy British bullshit. All of the they love the, like the royals. They love the they. I think they care more about the stuff than we do. Like in terms of like what's the name the, the, the princes, uh, Harry, Harry, and uh, Meghan. Oh, I don't know. They but anyway, more about them than we do. But anyway, we get back to sickbay. The Doctor can see that Tuvok's pathways are continuing to degrade, so they need to do something, otherwise the brain damage will be irreversible. Janeway is in a ready room having a coffee while this is all happening, reading about the Excelsior, as you do. Yeah. Ensign, Kim, <laughs> comes in. Basically says, can although... I have a promotion, please? Quiet, oh. you! <laughs> um, why don't you bring me tea? The, yeah, the, 
I don't see seven cans of Vulcan tea from you, Harry. The <laughs> you're I an ensign, Harry. She's looking on the she's looking on the computer and she's like, "This never happened officially." Yeah, like, yeah. And she's just like, oh, "Okay," and it's this learning exercise. And but Kim, I love I love this scene though. I love it how Janeway's acting very wistfully about how crazy and wild mm. it was. You know, originally where it was just like they hey, were all gung ho, dangerous missions. Yeah, yeah like... they well, they were. It was because the original premise was a wagon train to the stars, so they literally were cowboys <laughs> in space, which is yeah. sort of thing. But Kim says that the nebula that they are sat in front of is completely different to what was actually uh, back yeah. in uh, eighty years ago. Although they look alike to the naked eye, different spectrum, different makeup and everything like that so then she goes on about like you said about the excelsior and how it would have been back in those days to go on one away mission yeah. with them with phasers blaring and stuff like that and you sort of like i could sort of i could sort of understand that because if if you look our generation looks at back at the day you know back in the days of the 70s and 80s and how the rules were different and oh you yeah. know maverick cops and stuff like that and yeah, yeah and you can sort of see Look at the rules that we have now. Oh, there's no body cam. Oh, there's no OSHA. There's no this. There's no that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Health and like safety gone health mad. And safety regulations. There's no sort of you know. And it's this idea, and obviously, but then again, a lot of people probably died back then. You know, they just, did. All the bunk beds went flying. But they go back to sick bay, uh, and Tuvok uh, again explains that the Excelsior uh, at the time was ambushed uh, by Klingons in the Azure Nebula. Uh, and they were forced to abandon their rescue of Kirk and McCoy. I mean, I love this this scene, the bunkmates one with uh, like Tuvok because a oh I that's that's further on. Yeah, well, that, no, that... this is just after it, isn't it? No, no, they, this 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 is slightly before because they go back oh. to the meld, and then yeah. they go back uh, to the bunk scene with Dimitri. Yeah, which is what you were, were going yeah. to say. So please discuss. No, it's not interesting. No, but it's the idea of the bunkmate scene with Dimitri and just like seeing Tuvok just be a dickhead. Like, you know, like just a, you know. A young dickhead, yeah. Yeah, and it's this crazy thing and we're used to Tuvok being so wise and in Mm. this, it's he has an element of logic, but it's that whole difference between intelligence, logic and wisdom and that they're like different things. And, but it, but it's the idea of, you know, his bunkmate and whatnot, and it does look like they're sleeping in their uniforms. And then I realised, no, I was going to raise this with you. Pajamas. You no, know, I was going to raise this with color. you. Why? Because they literally were sleeping in their uniforms. Yeah. Now, are they off duty or on call? I think what it was is basically they've done a long shift and they're just falling asleep in what they're wearing. That's not a comfortable I... thing to sleep in. It, it's not, but it's this idea. You know, like we're saying about actors, they've probably been on a 20-hour shift because yeah. a planet, a moon exploded, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's this idea of, um, you know, so, they, so I assumed that, but then there's someone in the background who seems to be wearing red pants. I'm not sure if it's maybe a woman. I, I couldn't make it out. I, I couldn't see I wonder if it was either. a woman, but it did look like it wasn't the normal uniform. Like it had red up here yeah, and red there, you know? Anyway. So, but uh, it's a great scene, though. And then, obviously, we have, like... The backstory. We, yeah, we get this amazing scene from uh, Tuvok and Janeway afterwards, after Dimitri's gone to sleep and Tuvok's <laughs> just explaining. But also, realising how xenophobic Tuvok that was. That was a shocker humans, for me. 
Yeah, and I yeah. think it's great, though, showing that these characters that we believe to be so clever start off. He literally is just like, I hate humans. Well, not that, but, you know, he's basically yeah. like, oh, can't believe humans are so illogical and so stupid and so wild and stuff. And, you know, and then obviously going on to explain that, you know, that was tempered by the fact that he left Starfleet and then he got the Ponfar and then he met his wife. And then by having kids, he realized how important Starfleet was. Yeah, because, because he, he was... had something to lose. Yeah, and then he wanted to expand his knowledge of the galaxy as well. So he yeah. sort of had like a, a premoni like not not a premonition, a realization that what he was when he was younger is not who he wanted to be. Yeah. So And it and that it was his his parents gang like press ganged him into Yeah starfleet and then obviously he didn't agree with it then but then he's actually like actually yeah that is what i wanted to do i just didn't yeah. like being pushed into it i also sense a bit of nepotism because obviously his father's on another starship on the yorktown so yeah. it's like right okay so maybe there is that bit of nepotism where he's pulled some strings got him on the excelsior and stuff like that and you can I, sort i don't know i think it's maybe the cake the the o'brien cake oh. which is what which is what I'm thinking, which is basically he's like, oh, I'm married with kids now. Suddenly, I want to be on the other side of the galaxy. <laughs> you know, just... Oh, you're going to Bajor for four months. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, what a shame. I'll just have to play Warhammer with me, Doctor. Yeah, man. we love Warhammer. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. I, I do think it was a great scene with a bit of... Uh, a good bit of... Keiko mention. I know, yeah. yeah. A, great, a, great big, a great bit of backstory for Tuvok as well to flesh him out uh, within Voyager. But then it is rudely interrupted by Sulu saying, all hands on deck, Klingons are yeah. here. And then we and, see... And who do we get? Kang. The third cameo of the day. Kang from the original series. Kang. Now with ridges. It's, oh, uh, he's, he's, he's ridged for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> it's... Uh, oh, my. Oh, oh, God damn it. I keep saying oh, my. Uh <laughs> Wait, it's a perfect episode to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's the only Voyager episode we get to. But, I mean, did you know, because of this episode, again, a tangent, but I need to say this. Did you know this episode was the call for a spin-off with uh, Hikaru Sulu, Star Trek really? Excelsior? Um, so... He wanted. Why am I forgetting Sulu's real name? Uh, George Takai. George Takai. I am so sorry. I am tired. <laughs> George. George Takai. George Takai. Um, oh, Takai. <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Okay. He championed an Excelsior spin-off because of this, because they sort of fleshed out the crew a little bit. In this, we had Rand, we had Dimitri. Yeah. Um. So it was. Well, this was... we didn't have Dimitri for very long. Or did we? And I'll get to that later on. The. The this was the first call for a spin-off by the fans. Mm. Um. Sort and of. Now like we Star get them Legacy. every episode of <clears throat> season three of Picard. Anything to go by? Fifty thousand people have signed that one for Legacy now. That petition. That's amazing. It's 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 the the biggest petition for a Star Trek show, ever done. But yeah, so this was this was the, a spin-off was was talked about quietly mm -hmm. uh, over this time period. Obviously, nothing ever material. But we get to see Kang with all these ridges. Um, who I love how I Sulu. I love Kang so much. I love Kang, I, but I, I love how I Sulu love talks. Because this is the thing: a bit of a bit of um, 
uh, tea for everyone is the fact of I haven't I hadn't watched the original series properly until we started doing this podcast, and then I was like, oh, okay, time to do that research in case it ever kind of comes up and it mm. will it will because it's all in the dabbo wheel yeah but it's the idea of my only knowledge of kang was this episode the f- he's in the films isn't he nope no he's not nope yeah this episode and his appearances in ds9 mm-hmm. where he's like one of jadzi as well curzon dax's like mates yeah and he's actually a a very fun character. Yeah. He's a very different character in DS9. And it's a very interesting progression that this character has. But it's just nuts seeing him here. <laughs> He's like yeah. Klingon Jeffrey Coombs, basically. But it, but it's it's really good because we get this great to and from between Kang and Sulu where Sulu's <laughs> just like, oh, we've, we've had issues with our navigational sensors. Sorry, <laughs> we'll be on our way. And it's like, but then you get this very cold, very Star Trek of the 90s where it's like, we will escort you. Oh, we'll be fine. I insist. Oh, well, I think that's a tremendous idea. And it's like <laughs> the, the little cold. You're like, I know what you're going to do. You know yeah. what I'm going to do. Let's just get it over with. Shall and, we? and I love it. And this is the perfect thing. You can see why they wanted a series of this. Because yes. Kang, Kang and Sulu bounce off each other really well. It'd T- be amazing Takei, yeah. to have Kang as a recurring villain. Takei would have been... I mean, even if it was like four, three or four series, it would have been excellent to carry on the Monster Maroon era because we never, we never got. Everyone loves a Monster Maroon. Got out yeah. the costume department, constantly making those goddamn uniforms because they are. It'll be good for cosplayers though. They'll oh. be like, there's more of them in existence now. Yeah. So the plan is to detonate the Cerulean by using a positron beam. Uh, which will disable the sensors in the ship so they can hightail it out of there. They obviously do it. So Kang is disabled, and that is the last we see of Kang until DS9. Yeah. I, lo- I love that Janeway is just, like, going... <laughs> you know, you can tell that she's just like, okay, that's uh, not by the books at all. That's, <laughs> not, that's not a regulation. Okay. So you can see why Tuvok was like, I need to get out of Starfleet. You know, he's yeah. basically saying, I'm going to hand in my resignation, and he does, obviously. But it's this idea of just being like, yeah, I'm trying to do it by the books, and this is not by the books at all. Yeah, and then after after we see the ship being disabled, uh, we go back to quickly to sickbay where we can see that the mind melt is starting to deteriorate, mm. um, and then Tuvok again flashbacks to the girl on the cliff. Yeah, um, and then the next scene, obviously Tuvok's mind's deteriorating. They go back to the start of the memories again, um, because. Janeway is discovered. Yeah, that it's so surreal. This whole thing. So basically, like Tuvok's, because it is all Tuvok's memory. But yeah. then basically, Janeway gets brought into it, and Sulu record notices her and just goes like, "Who are you?" And then they're like, "Okay, let's let's just hard reset this." Let's just ignore then- Sulu as well. By the way, very rude of Janeway and Tuvok to just be like. Yeah, I quite like, though, they, they kind of get away with it a little bit because Sulu's like, okay, I have to get back to captaining the ship. And then, like... Yeah, shit's on fire, he, he you're... Yeah. And he's like, oh, by the way, arrest them. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I like that. Them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, everything's falling apart. While he's working, yeah, take it to the like brig that. that won't be there shortly if I don't get shit sorted. Yeah, it... Yeah. But so they go back to the start of the memories, which is still the, the start of Gamma Shift, and they're like, we're going to have to make you less conspicuous. And they just straight up knock out Rand and nick all of her kegs. Thanks for coming back, Rand. Yeah. 
Happy 30th anniversary. I'll just have those pants, please, if that's all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I yeah. do like the, the uh, what is it? <laughs> yeah, like Jan- Janeway's just like sort of, I don't know why we had to you know, do this. Couldn't we have just asked him? And he's just like, you, it, it's going to, you know, he just points out an awkward the conversation movie. Could I just have your clothes? You never ask Indeed. a woman for her clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, how do you know? How do you know you never <laughs> ask for clothes? To I do vote. love the uh, maybe an original series she would have, uh, like you know, uh, no, uh, no, Captain, no, acquiesced. yeah, um, so yeah, the <laughs> so the doctor uh tries to program a simulator, uh, a stimulator to try and terminate the meld to try and get them both out because there is, you know, there is a risk that Janeway can also be brain damaged from this as well, um. But then they discover that there is a third brainwave in the scanner. And then it all becomes clear that it's not actually a brainwave. It's a virus mimicking as a memory. It's it's not a memory. It's not a memory engram. It's basically something pretending to be a memory engram, which is a crazy concept, like if I'm perfectly honest. It's terrifying. (laughs) It is incredibly terrifying if that was ever real, that this, this parasite can create memories yeah to hide not memories not memories kelly if you're watching they created extra (laughs) memories yes if you're watching kelly not memories calm down (laughs) the uh but yeah so they they tuvok replays the memory janeway because obviously we've missed out that dimitri dies oh yeah yes Dimitri dimitri dies yes dimitri dies uh it's pivotal to the episode like, yeah, pivotal to the episode and also canonically breaking because yeah, Dimitri is alive at the end of Undiscovered Country is he though? <clears throat> he is because there's a no, scene could it, not have been like, could it not have been Weekend at Bernie's style? I mean there's no sunglasses on him and he's not yeah, held well, up by string are there two people on either side of him holding him up who like Maybe they could Star Wars yeah. it and basically like re-edit the film so it's just got him sunglasses, two people propping him up, and they're like, "Oh, Dimitri's alive." To make like... to make something pivotal, <laughs> to make something pivotal to an episode, which will then completely break the canon of the Undiscovered Country, is a bold is move. Doctor Who's territory. It's bold move. It's very um, yeah, it's very who, but <laughs> let's see how it plays out. So they replay the memory again. Uh, they, you know, they replay the memory. They basically, Janeway and Tuvok are thinking that the this memory is triggered by Dimitri dying, so they need to find mm. out what triggers Dimitri dying. The Doctor and Kess are trying to keep them both alive, trying to isolate this 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 parasite, try to se- you know trying to sever it. Yeah. Dimitri dies again. They then see. <clears throat> They then see the child fall, and then we get the roll call of diverse kids circa 1996, <laughs> which on reflection, did we need the roll call of diverse kids in diverse attire? Yes, I will say yes. We did need the full African... Did we need uh, the Mongolian? Garb. We, we needed the Mongolian. The American the in the baseball outfits. It, yes, 
ginger Kate Mulgrew that looks nothing like oh real God, Kate that, Mulgrew. That is the most ludicrous thing. It's like, it's not, that's not Kate Mulgrew. That's not Janeway. That's like her from the Disney film Brave. That's who that it is. It is, yeah. If you had a chance to change yeah, your it. parasite, would you? Yeah, just let your friend off a cliff. Touch my palm. But yeah, so they, they, Dimitri dies again and they realise... That it's from basically, it has the memory, but it cycles through with the little girl crying, crying Janeway's name, yeah, Catherine, and then it goes back to Tuvok, and then it does loads of other names, and we see loads of other faces, and it's this whole scene, but where the Tuvok's character is being replaced in each of them, yes, and yeah, and they're obviously like, oh, this is not a real memory, like this is a fake thing that yeah. has been done many times before yeah because the the doctor is able to pull them out mm. and then we we realize that this this virus that that this this parasite this pathogen whatever you want to call it um has the ability to mimic itself because it feeds on the peptides of the brain and it mimics a memory engram so it acts as a repressed memory so mm. it, it it concocts something so traumatizing to the host that the the subconscious buries it. So it sits there and feeds. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So this was passed on by Dimitri. Tuvok had this for eighty goddamn years. Yeah, all of his delicious peptides get numbed. And it was only triggered by looking at one blue nebula eighty years later. Yeah, that must have been a chunky parasite after eighty years. Oh, yeah, it just it's that big, thick, big, big yeah. parasite. T H I C C, parasite. I, I do, I do like the idea though of like, isn't this a new creature they discovered and then they just kill it, effectively? Yeah, because it will kill. <laughs> yeah, they them. just go, hey, it's a new life form. It's dead now. Yeah, but, they uh... they will kill them, but. Tuvok is fine. They've eliminated the parasite out of Tuvok, out of Janeway. Uh, and then we get a nice little bit of end exposition about what happened with Kirk and McCoy. Did they get saved? And I'm like, Janeway, you've really not read your history if you're asking if they yeah. got saved because literally Kirk died on the Enterprise B. Did you not read? It's, it's, it's that thing, though. It's the idea of maybe, as we saw, records have been expunged about... Sulu going back, so you wonder how much of undiscovered country is actually in the official logs. Oh yeah, good shout. Good you kind of just go like, you know, like, oh, did they escape? And it's like maybe the logs don't even say that they were kidnapped. You know, it's that whole yeah. thing of going, you know, whereas we know because we've seen the film, but like Janeway might not actually know. And it's all it's also the the idea of and I like this about Voyager and I like it about DS9, where it doesn't Kirk Kirk is famous. But it's so long ago that people don't really know the details. They'll know the and big classified things. parts as well. Yeah, yeah. They'll yeah. know the big battles. Yeah. But they won't. It's like us going like you know, if you asked about sort of I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone big and famous like Nikola Tesla or something like that, hmm. and we don't know the details. You know, we know that he existed. We know like you know things that he did or whatever. But yeah. we don't know like all of the little things. Whereas we do because we've seen the the. You know, we do know that about Kirk because we've seen the films, we've seen seen the shows and yeah. stuff. And I like I like that where it's even Janeway's just like, oh, you know. Also, I was going to point out in this episode, I love that this episode 
has Janeway getting involved in the science of things. Yes, because she is a scientist after all. Yeah. And it's that, and it's a different thing where you basically have like all of the different captains are all different disciplines. Yeah, you know, with like Janeway being like you know from a science background. I yeah, yeah. I, like that. I, I, I I overall I, I mean, how can you not love this episode? It was a it was a love letter to thirty years of Star Trek. You had to have soon. Yeah. It was I think of of all the things to, to link. To link it to the undiscovered country, which is arguably one of the best Star Trek films ever made, is mm. is beautiful. It's poignant. Everyone was still of the same age, roughly, because it was only five years bef- uh, after the movie, as well. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, one of the better Voyager episodes, because Voyager does get better. Don't get me wrong, but the early Voyager season Voyager has some great one, great episodes. The early season like, was my... rocky. My my whole all first seasons are bad though. Yeah, like, all first seasons are rocky, aside from DS Nine though. Yeah, DS Nine has like I said uh, when when we had Sean on DS Nine has like three crappy episodes maybe, yeah. and then it's just amazing out the gate. Uh, but yeah, but but it's like Janeway. This final scene with Janeway and Tuvok is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and Voyager in general. I think it's let down by some of the actors and the way the writers used them. And it's this yeah. idea, whereas this one has the Doctor, it has Janeway, it has um, it has Tuvok, and therefore it is a very strong episode. And it's a lot of the ones where it kind of focuses on, you know, like uh, Paris, you know, and stuff. They, they tend to be the ones where it's like, how have we managed to fit weird America like Americana into this episode when we're in the middle of the Delta Yeah, project? the the I I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Unironically, going to say I love Voyager. Obviously, mm. I do. Um, at the time, it was considered the weaker of the three before mm. Enterprise came out. It was considered the weaker of the TNG uh, mm. shows. It does redeem itself. It absolutely does redeem itself. What I love about Voyager is how how many women it brought into Star Trek and yeah. how many women it inspired because of Janeway, how she acted, Balana Torres, yeah. how, just how... And Seven of Nine as well, and Kess, and yeah. everything like that. But it inspired women. And a lot of... Like, a lot of... Uh, women who I'm friends with who like Star Trek, a lot of them say, "Yeah, that's good." It's not Voyager, and then one of them, you know, she, she, someone who I used to work with, uh, Voyager, although she was not a big Trek fan, she watched Voyager. She didn't watch anything yeah. else, but she watched Voyager, and she said yeah. it was my comfort show, like yours is with Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I can put on, and I feel better about myself. But I don't need to know about deep law of Star Trek. I don't need to know. Yeah. Oh well, that's Kang from the original series, season three, and this. They yeah. can just watch it because it's inspiring for them. It's empowering for them and it and i think the lasting legacy of voyager is that because let's be it was the 90s yes we were progressive however we weren't that progressive so this was very inspiring to have a show more or less aimed at women 
Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I agree with it, but it's the. I think it's the idea when we say a show directed at women, I imagine it in a more patronizing way. Yeah, but more, it had a more female you know, focus. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I think it's just the idea they just went like, "Hey, why can't we have the women doing everything?" You know, like yeah. like the the women being sort of because DS Nine does have it. Like, yeah, they, yeah, Kira. You know, that's it. Whereas but... TNG is. TNG is slightly further back with it. Yeah. Right? Just going, you're the doctor, but you're still, you know, but like I, a mum kind of, you know. And... But I remember, I remember my mother, and when we were watching Voyager, she was like, oh, do, do you not like, like, do you not, not like this? And I'm like, why? Oh, well, because it's not Picard and it's a woman and so on. And I was like, I don't care. Hmm? Like, I, people of our age wouldn't see that. Like, yeah. I, I never saw that. I never, you, as a child, you, you're not up to certain issues. And for yeah. me, I was just like, well, all right. I, I don't really know much about race, but it doesn't, like, I'm not bothered that he's a different color. I'm not bothered that that's a woman. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy that person. I enjoy that woman. I, I enjoy it all because it's Star Trek and I like the characters. And it's sort of, it's like we have in Picard, where I will slag off seasons one and two of Picard, and then I'll say I absolutely love season three. And it's not nostalgia. It's not anything like that. It's literally just good writing. Yes. And the whole thing about all of the Next Generation series is that the writing is spectacular. Voyager has some amazing writing, as we've just seen in this episode. Yeah. It, it has some bad episodes, but then we were literally just talking, you know, the Agony Booth was talking about Prophet and Lace. They're talking yeah. about Haven with you. They, no series is safe from bad episodes. No, of course it, not. It's the fact of like, you know, but it, it doesn't matter about sex or colour or anything in Star Trek. That's the joy of Star Trek. That is literally the, the joy message. of Star Trek is going, oh, like if they did do stereotypes where they went like, oh, you know, I'm a woman, therefore all I care about is women things and things like that. And that's exactly what Janeway isn't. Janeway yeah. is like that, and that's why when she gets the hollow suite, she's kind of like, oh, let's have, like, you know... Let's Wolverine go to Heights. Fairhaven and stuff. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go to Fairhaven, let's do Wuthering Heights, and I'll just be, you know, like, swept off my feet by a handsome man and stuff. But it's the fact of showing that a woman is so much more than that. 100%. Like, that she is able to be like, yeah, cool, but my job is this. And to do this, I will do this. You know, and I think that's the nuance because I think a lot of people in the 90s and even now don't know how to write women. They don't know how to write gay characters. They don't know how to write, like, racial characters. And you're just going like, this is a, I don't know. I And I think that's why women love this because, like, yeah. you know, Kirky, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, absolutely loved voyager i think yeah. i think it's their favorite mm -hmm. I, I, they will have told me many times but i'm useless and then ba baron levey who we will get on at some point yeah how about if we roll another voyager episode that's when we'll ask them on the dabo wheel yeah because yeah fingers crossed their, voyager is their gateway drug i think well, uh, let's let's just amazing. let's just hold on because I think I am getting an incoming transmission. Incoming oh, transmission. Oh, look at that! The double wheel it actually works, and you can see it. Look at look at that down there. It's absolutely oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful, um, absolutely beautiful, darling. What uh, are we hoping for this week? I mean, obviously, oh, code God. of honor. Code of honor. <laughs> Stop. 
Just stop. Stop it, Ross. Stop it, Ross. Stop. stop. Oh, God. Um, right. What are we hoping for? Uh, what are we hoping for? I told for? you what I'm hoping for. No, no. Seriously. That's not canon. What are we hoping for? <laughs> it is canon. Oh, yeah. No! Um, Leave I, one of the I only 14... I do want a DS9. I do want a DS9 episode. Yes. You please. know what would be nuts? If we got the DS9 episode... What's a good one? I tell you uh, what. Think of it this way. Think hey, of it... The Wire. If we got Ooh. The Wire DS9. Because then yes. we can talk about... Andrew one Robinson. One of our favourite characters. Yes. Okay. What is relevant to Picard? Because this goddamn wheel... Oh, right yeah, here... Yeah. Is pulling everything from Picard. Changelings. Yeah. Changelings. Something to do with a great link. Season three, episode one. I think DS9. I'd say it should probably be the the double parter where in DS9 where basically he uh Inobrantain yeah. and the Romulans try to destroy the Founders Hall homeworld. Ooh. That is referenced in Picard. It is the main focus of why you know uh why vadic yeah, you know is a yeah, rebel yeah yeah that i think that would be a crucial episode if we were oh, shall i begin the roll <laughs> so let's see what i'm okay i'm going to roll it guys so here we go it's spinning it's spinning it's spinning it's spinning it's spinning What have we got? Well, we will be reviewing Sinoise Star Trek The Next Generation mm -hmm. Future Imperfect. Whoa, okay. Orkily, dorkily, Future Imperfect. I'm going to have to have a, a little brief synopsis of this. Hold on. Future Imperfect. I. I literally think I just watched this a couple of weeks ago when I, you know when we were watching the previous episodes. Yeah. And I just went, oh, I'll just keep watching a little bit. I'll just cycle through, and I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched this one. Uh, TNG. I, I need to remind it, guys. I know I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but there are 880 yeah. episodes of Star Trek. I am not Sean Ferrick levels of Oracle. I love you, Sean. I, I absolutely I, adore I, you. I love when he was talking about but, his dad and his dad just like, calm down. <laughs> you know, just yeah. Down. Future Imperfect. I still need to message Sean, actually. I'm literally, the, I haven't like reached out to him at all since the podcast. Synops so the synopsis is, after an aborted mission to an uninhabited un un planet, Riker awakens in the future with no memory of the past 16 years. Ooh. Yeah. It's a good one. But this, I think this breaks the cycle. I don't think this ties into Picard Season 3 at all. Romulans. <laughs> you can't just say Romulans. It's in space. There we go. The, it's a tie to season thing. one. That's what I'm gonna. I'm, that's that's the loose thread I'm gonna. Yeah. Hook this on. Future imperfect. That will be what we review next week. Or will we? Will we get another guest? We don't know. The rules of Star Trekking are chaotic. There is no <laughs> order. 
but I will. It will be live next week because I've made sure that I have nothing on on the Friday. No, it so won't because be I've got plans. See. I'm only you, joking. I'm on only Friday? joking. I'm only okay, joking. I was gonna say. I was like, no, it's so close. I'm only joking. One. No, it will be live next week. We might have a guest on. We never know, because we like to play fast and loose with the guests. But I, I, fast and loose is my sex life. Fa- That's fast, how I describe it. fast and yeah. So that is uh, that is Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North, ladies and gentlemen. We have reviewed uh, season three, episode two. Sinoise has has completely lost <laughs> all structure. We've been going. I've totally ruined this. It's episode. only one hour and twenty eight minutes. We're fine. Oh we're wait, actually, yeah, we're, we're much, fine. I, it felt like we're not done longer. yet. We're not done yet. What? We are not done oh, yet. I'll, I'll get me executes out. Okay. Sinoise. So I'm gonna have. I'm gonna do my, my, my bat triple. My egg brethren. My bat triple. Jaffa <laughs> bat. Jaffa bat. Jaffa bat. So, uh, right. Let's get this out of the way because there is a ton of stuff happening um, with me, Sinoise, Nerdy Up North. Like we said yeah. in the beginning of the video, you will be watching this on a Friday night. You will be having your nice Chianti or Chateau Picard if you enjoy mild dry wine. Sunday, nerdy. Or if he gave you it free for Christmas. Yes, but I'm not a wine expert. This Sunday, nerdy up north will uh, be discussing all things Futurama. I will be their lovely guest, uh, and I will also be joined by nerdy Jesus himself, Jake. Nerdy Jesus, who talks like this? Oh, he talks like this. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. My name is Jake, and this is how I speak. Until he until he gets slightly looser pants, that's how we will always talk. What if people are like you know? I know he he's on the podcast a lot, but what if people are actually disappointed that he doesn't sound like terrible? We we all I will say is we modulate his voice so it's yeah. actually at a tone that dogs can't hear it. So he will be on the podcast with me on Friday. Like I said, I uh, am on Spectrum Sanctorum's uh, Agony Booth. So please go check it out. I will bob a link in the description below, guys. And while you're there, give them a good subscribe because they are absolutely hilarious and they do support Nerdy Up North. They are an American-Australian channel, so huge shout-out to them. While you're liking stuff, why don't you like our friend Sean Ferrick's What Culture and Clone Star podcast uh, series? Obviously, give it a squeeze. Give it a squeeze. Make sure it's ripe. Trek culture uh, is the go-to for all Trek videos. It is the go-to for all the ups and downs of all the episodes. So when you've finished watching our review of Strange New Worlds, you go straight over and you watch theirs because you should do ours first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, so will do you will do ours I'll first. Yeah. I'll come over there and I'll be like, one month. One month to go to season two of Strange New Worlds, everyone. That's four more episodes of this until yeah. we change the format again. With a with a lower deck spins of the dabber wheel. With a lower decks crossover. Jumja stick. Yes, Jumja sticks. I want a Jumja stick. It looks delicious, thick, girthy, and tasty. Also, my sex life. But um. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So we've also got that going on. 
I am also on Twitch. Sinoise is also on Twitch. The uh, links are I'm in the description. I'm going to be streaming later, hopefully. Yeah, you could. But f- not the, not today, because obviously it's Friday. When you could watch the stream though. back, of course. Uh, oh, you could actually. Yes, yeah, you could. Uh, so you can follow Sinoise on Twitch. We also have the Girl Podcast. We have the Velvet Snatch. Oh hello. Oh, I'm the Velvet Snatch. I just say that so many times. Did did like twenty interviews on Sunday and literally the amount of times I had to do the whole spiel. Yeah. And he just kept, and I kept messing it up and I was like, let's start again. Have <laughs> you got anything else planned? Uh I on Tuesday, I think it's Tuesday that we air the monsters. Um yes. I will be uh, Monday. on Monday. No, Monday. Monday. Is it? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Monday, cool. 7... This is how weird my world is where I just can't remember anything. Ah. But yeah, uh, basically Monday I will be on Monsters Up North where we will be doing the universal film The Wolfman. <gasps> I will be making this joke in the episode also known as Night Sex Pest. Which A-woo. is basically... <laughs> A-woo. <laughs> yeah, it's a very... It's a film that has aged wonderfully but aspects of it have not. So... Uh, and I love it, but wow. Um, oh, it's, yeah. Please, uh, guys. What is it? Uh, hilariously, I'm going to be on the Off the Shelf podcast with uh, Joe. No Lockman. way! Yeah, but uh, the only time I can do it is like middle of June, I think. Oh, I definitely go on a plug. I am really looking forward to that because yeah. I, I would, I, I'm really looking forward to you meeting lovely Rick. Uh, and just oh, Ricky baby I made him cry lick his little face I made him cry I always make people cry that's my USP that's my gimmick <laughs> um, yeah so the lovely Sammy and Monsters Up North will be on Monday catch Graham on that um, please if you haven't seen uh, Sammy's Monsters Up North series give it a give it a watch give it a like share it with all your friends with everything we're nerdy share it with North, people you don't know just literally yeah. Put it onto a USB stick, sellotape that to a brick, throw it at someone in the street. When they recover, they're going to be like, "Oh, I'll watch this." I'll put I, it. I don't. People don't work. I'll like just that. put it in the pocket. Just when you're at the bus stop, just slide it into the pocket. Slide that episode into their pocket and just just lightly, that, just lightly kiss them on the cheek as you get onto the bus. That will be absolutely fine. Nerdy up north um, to keep the degenerate theme going. <laughs> this is why I'm not the person. Like advertising stuff. I'm not the social media person. I I I often whisper <laughs> to people. But yeah, so uh Nerdy Up North we have a wonderful Facebook community which is v- very quickly blew past eight thousand members of the community, over thirteen thousand people on the Facebook page. So go and follow us and join us on there. We would love to see you there. Come and say hello. We also have a Twitter page that me and Paul run. We have an Instagram, we have a TikTok. We obviously have the you and the tube. Um, have I mentioned Twitch? Yes, we've mentioned Twitch. Yeah. I'm on there uh, with Jake Gaming. A lot of debauchery goes on, a lot of hats are war. I really shouldn't be wearing so many hats with so many lights around me because I just melt. And and distracting from the frosted tips. Distracting from the frosted tips, yes. You can also catch me on Twitter at None. Guys, I absolutely love each and every one of you. I love Sinois to bits. He is the greatest co-host that anyone could ever have. He does Which need... part of me do you love the most? I love your moustache. Is it my moustache? Yeah. Is it because when I do this, I look a bit like that German guy. 
No, he was Austrian. He's Burke. Was he? Oh, yeah. He was yeah. No wonder he was so pissed off. Well, you know, yeah, but we need to get you a science officer outfit as well. So, guys, if you know where we can find a DS9-era science officer uniform for Sinois, yeah. please let me know. Uh, we need to message Sean Ferrick about that as well to see if we can find one for you. Well, that's what I was saying. I'm, I need to reach out to him. But yes. I, just, I haven't made the effort. I'm Re- like, reach out. Although, although Touch hilariously, Touch I just... Touch, 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 touch the beard, touch, the, touch, touch, touch the, the beard. The uh, this is life. Um, no, we, we were talking about this the other day. I posted, I posted today about a podcast, the the girl podcast that we released like two months ago, and I'm yeah. like, this is the first time that I've been able to sit down and be like, Instagram, right? Time yep. to post about stuff, and it just feels a bit like, oh, the the iron is no longer hot. <laughs> um, and so you know in that kind of way yeah, yeah. Like, hey remember this from two months ago and I'm like <laughs> that's not how it's meant to work yeah. but um, it's very difficult to keep track of for me But uh, so I'm kind of going no I will message Sean before he goes who are you <laughs> oh he can't he can't forget us but no guys uh, thank you so much to everyone who watches these videos you have no idea each and every like each and every view it means the world that that you guys will sit and listen to us talk about why we love Star Trek so much uh, and why we are so, so thankful that Code of Honor has not yet appeared in the double wheel. So no, no fingers crossed. No fingers crossed. But guys, this has been Star Trek and we're nerdy up north. We will see you next week. Live long and prosper. We love you to the ends of the earth. Bye-bye. Miles? Miles?